Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny shit. <laughs> the mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. The five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. The weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for not the courage of, of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. The ship set ground on the shore of the desert isle with Gilligan the skipper too. The millionaire and his wife. The movie star. The professor and Marianne. Here <laughs> and by the way, I'm the professor. <laughs> oh man, oh, that was funny, buddy. <laughs> Good to have you back, bro. Good yeah, to have man. you back. Yeah, I needed this for therapy. My uh, therapist said, uh, make sure you go to construction like every day uh, to let it out. <laughs> I know that it's been a long day for you, bro. I totally know that it's been a long day for you, and I appreciate that you're making the time to get here, and then we can discuss it. So we want to let everybody know there's no guests here today. No, and I want to say something, too. Go we ahead. didn't practice that. No, we didn't. <laughs> that was the we, first time you know, it's funny. We should have chose that for our version when we did the 100 show way back when instead of Under oh, Pressure hey. when we bastardized that. Don't worry. We got <laughs> something coming up we should talk about. <laughs> We're, we got a lot to talk about on today's show, guys. Lots of things that are, are like lots of things that are interesting that are going on in the construction life and we want to share it. But the first thing we want to talk about, we've got this craziness coming up for our 200th show. It's an idea that I had. I've had it all year long, and I threw it at Carlito, and Carlito caught it. <laughs> well, hey, listen. First of all, I want to say, uh, actually, I should let you finish first, and then I'll say it. No, go ahead. Say. No, it. no, no, no. I don't want to give you another brain fart. I don't want to get. I don't. <laughs> you had a brain fart too. <laughs> it was a one-on-one. Uh, you gonna say it or no? You no, wanna... no. I'll say it after. Okay. So everybody, I want everybody to understand that November twentieth and November twenty-first. Twentieth is a Saturday. Twenty-first is a Sunday. Carlito and I are going to record 14 podcasts back-to-back over a 24-hour period. With no sleep. No sleep. Till dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> no, T.O. <laughs> T.O. So we already have four guests that are going to rock and roll on these 14 shows. We're asking anybody that listens to us if they're interested in being on the show. We want to have theme shows. So we've got Finnish Carpenters coming on board. we got Framers coming on board. We've got a surprise, surprise. I don't want to share it just yet. Wow. Uh, but we want to bring on some other trades, lots of other trades. We want to have a nice gambit of different trades on the show. But we're literally going to be booking these time slots over the course of the 24 hours. We're going to bring you guys in. We're going to have an amazing show. And then we're going to bring in the next group. And the so next group. are you looking to get more guys yes. on there? Is yeah, that totally, what you're saying? Totally. So if anybody wants to come on the show, please reach out to me. You can reach out to me at Manny at theconstructionlife.com. Or you can also reach out to me or my assistant at info at theconstructionlife.com. Or you can also reach out to me on Instagram, just DMing. And we'll send you a little show format. And we'll break it all down. We'll get you a time slot. We're looking forward to it. 
because it's going to be some interesting conversations. I'm curious if I can still stay up for 24 hours straight because I have Dude, no problem. I, I did it the last time with you. I, I know you did it that time when we did Construct Canada. Yeah. I worked all day and, and night. And then and we then recorded like with five you. shows or something. It felt great. It was insane. So everybody, this is a huge event. Watch for it. This show will probably come out on the Saturday. I'm hoping that it comes out on the Saturday. I'll have it ready for the Saturday. And that's when we're going to post and share the actual event. Okay. And guys... Embrace it. It's going to be lots of fun. We have lots of surprises. We got lots of stuff going on. We're going to be doing it at the VentureX offices that everyone's so used to where we love the offices here. We're going to be using the boardroom. We're probably going to use the larger boardroom because we're going to need the space to kind of just get things to all eat. ready. To, to sleepwalk. To, to kind of nap if we, <laughs> 10 minutes or something. You're but not sleeping. I'm not sleeping. I, I already told you what's going to happen. Shadisku's going to go right in that orifice. <laughs> Hopefully that none of that's gonna happen. But we'll be doing we'll be doing some live streaming, so guys will be able to see what's going on at the middle of the night or something like that. But well, we've, we've got some special guests. Yeah, man. and I want to tell you, uh, I'm well known for this. When I go snowboarding, when the guys fall asleep uh-oh. in the morning, they wake up uh-oh. with the tips of their socks cut off. <laughs> so don't sleep around me. <laughs> so we and it's our way of thanking everybody that's made this show such a huge success and we really appreciate everything that all the guests all the conversations all the dms all the questions everything how this show has just continuously grown and it's because of a number of factors but i've always said to carlito and everybody else that's been on the show it's about the guests and about the construction lives that they live. Well, Manny, I'm pretty proud of you. Like, uh, you know, I had to bow out and get out of it. And you, oh, you needed a little and break. You, and you took the you took the reins, and uh, you uh, you took this to another level. You Thanks, know, man. and uh, I'm happy, and I think people should appreciate that you haven't stopped and you put a lot into this. Nope. I've been gone for a year. Well, you've been here. Lots of things happen. Yeah, in a year. So I'm pretty proud of you, man. You you kept it Thanks, up, man. and you and you kept rolling, and you had some really great people on. Amazing, uh, and people. I and I wish I was part of most of those conversations. Oh, but I will say something that you are going to be a part of a special show with uh, Todd Velakis. Oh man, I missed that guy. I booked it and it's scheduled, and you and I are going to have a conversation with him you know, because he's just taking a new position in the industry, a position that everybody's going to want to listen to. It's really important what he's doing now. He really was uh, uh, um, like a, another stepping stone mentor for me. Uh, you know, I've known him over twenty years. For yeah. people who don't know him, he's he he basically grew from uh, I guess low man totem pole kind of thing on at Schluter there, but worked his way up. Yeah, he was like really yeah. he always called me back, always answered his phone. Always, always. That guy helped me out so many times when the information wasn't there, it wasn't, you know, out people didn't know what it was. That guy was always there for me. And whenever I went to IBS, he always snuck me into the Schluter parties. That's amazing. Which ne- I love. He never did that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why you kept on sneaking me in, but I appreciate it, Todd. And we're looking forward to speaking to you on the 18th. That's going to be lots of fun. But guys, please support the 200th event. It's uh, I don't know the Lamont of podcasts. Wow, La isn't that amazing? I'm so happy I made it again for that. <laughs> and I, what I was going to do is I was interrupting you earlier Go on. Ahead, I should have waited and, and been a gentleman, but uh, you know I'm not known for that. So um, <laughs> you know I just wanted to say that every hundred you pretty much get this idea that you want to do a big party, something crazy. Uh, Something crazy, and uh, you know, here it is, two hundred. I'm glad I'm here. Isn't that wicked? Yeah. Do you remember the very first episode? A uh, dude. <laughs> I can't believe we've come this far. The very first episode, yeah. the very like when we just got started, where we were just talking about shit, dude, anything, dude. You're you're hungry and you're serious. Yeah. Uh, if, pe- if people that don't know you, you people need to be very careful around you because. When you say you're gonna do something, I do it. You fucking do it, dude. I do it. Like so, it, I know, and not 
And I really admire that about you. Thanks, man. man. But I need my support. Trust me, man. I'm I'm no different than anybody else that listens. A lot of people listen. They go, oh, my God, I'm talking to Manny. And I'm like, I'm I'm a contractor. I'm a tradesperson. I'm just like you guys. I get dirty. I'm I'm sore from my shoulders from carry drywall yesterday. I'm literally like 10-foot sheets of drywall. That's pretty funny, buddy. I'm sorry. (laughs) They're sore. I'm sorry, man. 10-foots are getting heavier. I don't know what it is. Uh, Or I'm just getting older. I don't know what. And... No, I won't even bring that up. Uh oh. <laughs> I learned something new about Carlito. Well, I learned something about Carlito just before the mics were rolling, and I'll, we'll share it on another time. That's yeah, all good, about this. So we, like we, we like having little secrets. So today's show is really going to be about we've got a gambit of stuff that we want to talk about. We're still going to do some history, we're still going to do some OBC talk, we're going to still do some Green Book. Yeah. Well, all right, per- well let's let's start with uh, construction bone. I was going to start with okay. Because so what do you everybody have con- knows who you are. Do you everybody have, knows who do I am. Do you have a construction bone? You know what? One? Let's let's talk. I I think that something that's been bugging me lately is people that don't like their job become a disease in everyone's company, in their own company, and other people's that's company. A good point, if you've man. got somebody that works for you or works with you, if they have a bad bug in them, they will take everybody down in yeah. the business. They'll give everyone a bad uh, attitude, a uh, temper, and it becomes uh, such a big disease that. Everybody gets affected by it. And it could take weeks before the owner, before someone on the team says something. Uh, you know, that's one of my big, like, I don't know how, the, how you feel Dude, about that. Dude, I totally that. feel the same way about that. I mean, it's amazing that you bring that up. If you have that one person on the site and they are not contributing to being the overall effort of the, of the job site, they will take down the team. And that's important not to do that, man, because I don't want that vibe on my, on my job sites. When there's a problem, it should be squashed right away. Yeah. And if you have a problem with someone, instead of tippy-toeing around them, you should go to that person directly, sit them down, and tell them how you feel. Yeah. If you don't care, then stop causing trouble in the business. I work with many guys, and sometimes guys don't even know who I am and or what I contribute or if I know a partner or uh, just in business in general. They start telling me things, and I'm like, you know, dude. You just need to be happy at work. If you're not happy here, go find somewhere you're happy. If you don't like the rules, then move out or move on. You know, if you want those kind of rules, create your own business. I just really hate negative vibes at work. If you're coming to work, you're going to stay at work, come with a good attitude. It's true. And help the guys around you true. by having a better day. But then also in the same respect, Carlito, there could be one person that could bring everything back up. What if the whole team is just having a sour day? It could be that one person. You could be that one person that can bring the whole team back up and have that energy to keep moving forward, man. You can, but... It's harder. Too many times, 9 out of 10, I've seen bad attitudes and people starting rumors being amongst each other really take away from Wait, someone's business. talking shit business. on site? Yeah, like somebody doesn't like to do it that way. Okay. It's, first of all, it's not your business. Do it the way you've been told to do it. If you do have something to offer suggest it if your boss or your employer or the guys that you're working with don't want to do it then it's time to to find a new job or start your own business reminds me of uh danny dosco who i just did a podcast with recently he's from montreal bricklayer and also a contractor he was telling me a story about uh, guys delivering the drywall to the job site the gc wanted the drywall downstairs and these two kids millennials 25 year old 22 year old sorry 22 year olds refused to do it and then they offered them to do it for a hundred bucks, fifty bucks each. It was only gonna, it was going to take them less than an hour to do this. And you know what their response was? One of the response was, "I'm worth more than fifty dollars an hour." 
Wow. That's not the first time I've heard this about drywall carrying. 50 bucks an hour. Like, That's fantastic. I'll go do it. Just call me. So the brick, the, the bricklayers <laughs> ended up doing it. Crazy. Because they didn't want to do it. They felt that they were still worth more than 50 bucks an hour. That's just the attitude that you're talking about where it's like, that's bullshit, man. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's bullshit. I've had the same problem with, I've, I brought friends on to help me out on jobs when I can't get employees. I have a couple of friends that they're always kind of in between jobs. I've kind of separated business and pleasure. And sometimes I bring them on and I don't expect what I expected of an employee. I balance it so that I don't lose that friendship. And I'll bring these guys on and they'll always tell me that carrying drywall should be top paying job and hanging it shouldn't <laughs> isn't that weird really yeah and i get these fights with guys they're like they're like oh that's i'm and it's the same thing you're saying are you they kidding want me? more than 50 bucks an hour to carry drywall carrying drywall <laughs> but they don't have work after that yeah, i'm giving nobody's them, gonna I'm giving work. them work nobody's for, gonna want to hire that attitude yeah and i give them work for a couple hours they don't have work for the whole week i give them a few hours to give them a little bit of money help me out help them out and they're still complaining. That attitude that was on that site, not just the bricklayers saw that. Lots of other people saw that. And I guarantee you that those guys lost work, future work, because of that. They saw that. They saw that attitude. You're missing opportunities Yeah, is what you're doing. If you just said, sure, 50 bucks. I'll take care of it in an hour. That's an extra 50 bucks I just made. And you know what? That's a great point. A lot of times I've, in my past, had taken on jobs that I never got paid for. I just helped people out. And those people always remembered me and always called me. When you're a problem, nobody calls you back. Nope. But if you help out, you don't say no, and you don't say boo, and you just do it, people always kind of keep you in the back of the mind, out of sight, out of mind, that's and that's how you stay in mind. That's it. I want to let also the listeners know that I want to bring back the question shows. I really thoroughly like the Q&A shows, so I, I would ask the, the listeners every so often, send me uh, over email or over DMs or whatever, just send me a question. Carlito and I are going to attack those questions every what was show. Your, uh, what was your, since I've been gone for so long, what was your uh, favorite question? Dude, that's, that's a difficult question. No, I'm just <laughs> curious. My favorite question? Yeah, there must have been something that stood out that was like, wow, that was... I guess you know what? The number one favorite question that I actually heard more than once, and it's somewhat difficult to answer, it depends on who you are as a contractor, as a tradesperson, is when do you know it's time to get off the tools? Wow. It's everyone's always asking that. So it's, I think there's a twofold question for, the, for this kind of exercise where it's like, when do you make that step from a tradesperson working for somebody to you working on your own? And then also to you getting off the tools and letting all the tradespeople take care of the scope. Did you answer that? Yeah, we answered it a few times where you just try to figure out how valuable is your time? Because if you're on the site and you're on the tools and you're working, then you're not hustling and getting more leads and getting jobs and going to interviews. So you have to balance your time. That was the best reply out of all of that to figure out what was your worth for being on the tool on the tools and what was your worth for not being on See, the tools. See, for me, people always say to me, "Why are you still on the tools?" First and foremost, love. Kind of answer that question. Yes, that's that. That's where that's where my downfall is. Yeah. I, I work with my heart and not my head. So leading to what I was going to say was, I think quality is the difference. If you're on the tools, you're always worried about quality. But when you stop giving a shit about quality, something suffers. So I'm not saying like complete quality, but I'm saying you're going to have a loss of quality because you're never going to get someone to do it the way you want to do it. 
well, that's the other at the same questions. level of love, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Is you, the, you, so I, for me, that answer would be when you actually give up loving that project 100%. You have to kind of walk away I'd from it. I'd take it a step further where you find somebody else that finds that love for that project that you can you have the confidence. And to, hopefully that lasts. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Is give it give it to them to do. That's right. But it's hard. Dude, It's that's difficult to let go. And people have told me before it, quality comes with money, but that's not true. No. I know how hungry I was in my 20s. What I did for my money was crazy. I would have been a millionaire if I knew the prices I do now. Just I to, want to talk about that in the show today. Just to be balanced. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a contractor should always make a little bit of money profit for his business. You shouldn't just go to work and make your salary or, or a, a certain wage. You should always be getting ahead. And every homeowner and every contractor or GC or company that hires you, they're making money. They know how hard it is to make money. They should respect that when it comes down to us as workers and GCs. I know that you brought it up after the show that we did last week with Michael from Rose Gold there. We're always trying to ask questions that open up Pandora's box, so to speak, right? We, we understand that Instagram has this beautiful filter over everything and construction is perfect. And if anybody's listened to this show and if anybody knows you, Carlito, or knows me, construction isn't perfect, there is negatives. There are worries. Everybody's got concerns. If you're running a business, if you're going to get paid, if a tradesperson is going to screw you, if a supplier is going to screw you, there's always those variables attached to running this business and potential of lost income. We all know that if you've spoken to anybody that's been in this business long enough. Do you remember when you got your license for the very first time? You and I are, are up there. So we got oh, a, Dude, I totally remember. 30, so, But in the class, I remember the class and I, I remember the, the instructor saying, Every single one of you in this classroom will get into a vehicle collision at some point in your life. Every single one of you. And so I just, I, I took that analogy to construction where if you're in construction long enough, you will get screwed over. Doesn't matter who you are, oh, yeah. how nice you are, oh, yeah. how well you do the job, how perfect your trades are, you will get screwed Especially over. Especially if you're a nice guy. That that's just the fact of it. So the thing all you can do is really educate yourself and prepare yourself for that. And I've always said it over and over on this show is that your best client could become your worst client. Yeah. You just don't know how people change. And we've gone through this. That's where my dislike with social media is that everything is perfect on social media, which is not in the real life. And I understand where you're coming from. First of all, I don't like the tippy-toeing around things no. and having a perfect world either. Because nothing's perfect. And another thing, you know, I'll tell you, in the last year, I've been so busy. Crazy busy, man. Family. Life. You know, life. And business. Yeah. And I always, you know, kind of talk myself up all the time to people. I could fix anything. I can take care of it. I'm Mr. Perfect. And I had a job. I had a job just recently kick me in the ass, man. What I'm leading to is sometimes when you portray how perfect you are, be careful of the expectations of customers because they will expect that on their job. They may not be paying for that and they'll expect it from you. When you're putting out a perfect image, there can be a lot of trouble with that. So sometimes when you can be honest and show the good with the bad, Balance. people realize that you're a contractor and they want to get the job done. I want to share a little story. I think I shared it with you about me walking into Missaga Hardware. And obviously everybody had a little <laughs> bit of fun with me uh, yeah, picking up a DeWalt uh, thickness planer, uh, right? And everybody was enjoying <laughs> that. But in all fairness, shout out to Gary uh, from Ayers Carpentry. I did ask him, should I go Makita? 
or should I go DeWalt? Wow. And he suggested DeWalt, and I said, sure, I might just paint it blue. I won't paint You're it blue. Hilarious. But I, I walked in there, and all of a sudden, you know, Tony and Jason, the, all the guys there at Masaga Hardware were like, okay, I'm here to pick it up, man. You give me a great deal. It's wonderful. I'm picking it up. And then I'm like, but you didn't see me pick this up, okay? And that's just a fact. And then I started joking about how... I need to pick up a thickness planer, man. A thickness planer, man. sick, get no good, your ear. <laughs> so we had a little fun with that, but I was actually asking before I left, uh, I always get into these very humorous and serious conversations with Jay. Jason there sitting there, you know how he is. He's just like low-key... The world is just hating on him all Except the time. Except for you. No, but I just I come in and I I just I feel his vibe and I just wonder, okay, should I be funny with him or should I be serious with him? And for whatever reason, I'm both. Came in and I just asked him, you know what, Jason? What percentage do you think of the posts that are on social media from tradespeople that are sharing is about image? And what percentage is about the work? And I said to him, I feel that it's more than 50% about image. And less than 50% about work. And he said, it's even greater, Manny. They care more about their image than they do about the work. What are your thoughts on that, Carlito? Don't worry. We upset everybody at any time. So You know, I'd probably say you're right. And then I'll probably say you're wrong. So you're right for the people that are on media, social media, like Instagram, Facebook, and so on. But I think there's a, another big percentage that don't care about that. Oh, I agree with you. And... And it's different, you know. You're definitely, I mean, I, I enjoy watching perfect work and, and great suggestions and new ways of doing it. But I think you're, I think he's totally right. I think it's probably about 70% to 30. I, I don't think it should be that way. Yeah. What happened to the work? What happened to the love of the work? And, and you're going to hate this, but I, I think it's a lot like television too. Oh, I agree. It's entertainment. Yeah, I agree. Uh, at any level, it's all entertainment. People can read through the bullshit. The truth sells itself. So when you think you're fooling people and pulling off a magic trick, you're really not. So you got to be careful how you do it, right? Yeah. Honesty is the best policy. Yep. But getting back to that DeWalt, <laughs> I, I, I am really proud of my DeWalt. I've had it probably, how uh, long? oh man, 15, 10, 15 in between there. That, I, that's what Gary was telling never me, Never right? failed. Yes. My DeWalt yeah. never failed. Okay. All right. Um, but everybody had a little fun. <laughs> but and I, I would like <laughs> to hear that Makita was better. <laughs> it wasn't. But who's, who better than Gary to, to tell you? Oh, no, tell that's you, what, you I know mean. what I mean. That's what I mean. So I was asking it. From a person that I can trust, yeah. right? And it, and it wasn't uh, uh, brought to you by. <laughs> Have you tried it? I haven't tried it yet. Okay. So this weekend or next weekend, I'll definitely give it so a try. You're, you're, you're going to put out a little kick out there for Maybe. the wall. Tell, <laughs> tell the truth about how you feel about it. Once I look for a, a filter that can mask something into a blue color of some sort, maybe I'll try to figure out oh a video how to do God. it. I'll leave it at that. I'll we'll leave put it a bag that. over it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we, we got we to gotta move along with the show. I want to talk about a lot of stuff. I guess, first of all, it's his. History with Manny. There we go. Carlito's got it all down, man. Okay. <laughs> Who built Italy, Carlito? Croatians. <laughs> no. Yeah, hang on a second. I no. want to talk about this for a second. No. Venice was actually built from the tree forests of Croatia. So all the posts, Is that a fact? All the columns and posts. Yeah. You think, I'm going, to go, you think I'm going to go online right I'm now? I'm just and, saying. They're yeah. Cra- so, yeah, but hang on a sec. I got to remind you that you did tell everybody on this show. NASA uses PL, okay? <laughs> Portuguese luck. Did you look into it? <laughs> it's not true. Did you we, look into we it? Just, not the PL that we use for regular construction. Pretty it's, close, it, though. No, it's not. Okay, okay. <laughs> so look into, the, look into the Croatia facts. So, so Venice was built from the forests of Croatia. 
Uh, they had red oaks there, and they put those 100-foot columns Seriously? into the... Yeah, because that was all swamp marsh. All of that whole city <laughs> was built on that. I just had to throw that in. All right. So, according <laughs> so I'm to, saying Croatia. <laughs> according to my, my research team here, which is me, uh, was uh, the city was founded on uh, 21st of April, 753 B.C. Wow. By twin brothers Romulus and Remus. Greeks? Who descended <laughs> from the Trojan prince Aninaris? And who were grandsons of the Latin king Numitor of Alba Longa. Latin? Yeah. Why does Italy have so many old buildings? For Italians, these old buildings reflect a sense of time in the form of visual stories. I love that. Wow. And then they don't build like that anymore. They don't. I mean, it's the odd building that you'll see. But they don't build like that. Well, Italians, the Egyptians did it too. They did it too yeah. as well, right? Italians have a strong sense of oldness in their cities, their culture, their family, the lines, etc. Their wine. Yeah. Their what? The vino. The vino. Because they are, for the most part, well over 2,000 years old. Wow. There's history there, right? There's a serious empire too, man. How old is the architecture in Italy? How far back do we go? Well, if you're saying 700 well, that's 700. No, no, no. That's when Rome, when the city of Rome was founded. Wow. 753 so even BC. Older. Italy's architecture is as old as 3,500 years. Wow, man. That's I insane. I fucking love history with many. I'm not done yet. <laughs> Why is Italian architecture so famous? It's renowned worldwide for its architectural achievements, such as the use of domes and arches. We all know that. Coffered ceilings and domes and air arches, all that stuff all Art, came right? all came from there, man. It's all 14th about. century, that's all where it came. Now, what is the oldest building that is still in use today? The oldest building in Italy. The oldest building. Would that mean it have a has a roof on it? Or yeah, yeah. it would be an it's it still, could still in use be, today. It could be a building with no roof. Seventh century. I would think it was some kind of fighting ring of some kind, but it belongs to the Roman Catholic Church. The Pantheon. The Pantheon. I don't even know where that is. I'll have to check that I out. I don't know exactly where it is in Italy. Built around 125 AD. The church. Roman Emperor uh, Publius. Publius Alias Andreas. Wow. A lot of us is Really eh? interesting, eh? It was actually the third iteration of the structure. Now, here's the last question. I think you'll get this one. Why are Italian buildings yellow? Oh, that's got to be. The majority of them are yellow. It's got to be the, the soil. The terracotta that they used. The terracotta. So, so it crushed it full. So they crushed it into a powder. But all the walkways, everything, like all that stone is all, and that and terracotta is yellow. Yeah. When it's sun. Well, I know in Croatia, my, uh, my cousins back when I was a kid, they were using, like, uh, they were crushing hay and colors together to, to paint the concrete houses. What the hell's going on here? I didn't comprehend it. I still don't know. And you're tuning into the Croatia Life show. <laughs> 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 Gotta cut the Portuguese out. <laughs> and that was... History with Manny! <laughs> We're moving along now. We've got an interesting show. we got lots of stuff. There's lots of documents here and all kinds of homework. But I want to start off uh, with some emails and DMs that I received from our listeners. Thank you so much, guys, for sending these through. Dan Wall from at dan.wall.5817 sent me a message about the Mepay bags that I talked about on the last show where I was saying, how come they're 46, 44 pounds instead of 50 pounds? Mepay changed them. They ch oh, everyone did. Well, you're right and you're wrong. So he said, listen, Laticrete Trilite, they weigh 30 pounds, but they cover the same as a 50-pound bag. Is that wow. true? Because I know you're a Laticrete guy. No. I'm talking about getting into Laticrete because I've oh. been having some problems with... 
Even though I've been in Let's tiles, bring it up. even though Let's I've been in tiles up. for a really long time, you want to discuss that? Yeah, sure. Remember that that segment that we were talking about forensics construction. Yeah. So, so what had happened to me just <laughs> recently was I I had done a job for a fantastic guy, and I had laid some uh, some tiles. They were 10, 10 by six inch. No, sorry, they were twenty four by six inch, and they were ceramic, so they had a glaze on the top. And I had used a hard mortar, like a large format mortar, what, which I've used to, for decades. Do you want to say the brand or no? It was a tech product. Got it. Um, okay. Now, it's not that tech was the problem. The problem was that I was so sure of myself that I didn't learn through 30 years. I never had this problem. So I never, it never came up and never bit me in the ass. So I had put up a, a product on the wall, a thin set on the wall that dried fast too fast and very hard. What had happened was it had cracked all the surfaces of the porcelain or, or so, sorry, the ceramic. So it was ceramic underneath with a glaze and it had cracked all the, the like, surface. Like spiderweb crack? Or? That's right, yeah. Really? But what, what was interesting too is that what you're saying is that they had just recently changed the bags from larger bags to smaller bags. And I'm finding that people are trying to survive. So everybody's doing this. Well, I'm finding that. So yeah, so uh, since that, since I had that problem, I uh, I talked to, I reached out to a couple of good friends, Omid, uh, you know, the tile guy, the tile guy, MMC, you know, Matt, uh, yeah, he's one of my best friends, um, you know, and I, I took everyone's opinion. I said, hey guys, I had a problem here, and I've never had this problem my whole life through other people's trial and errors, and you know, people talk that are inside the community of construction, and you know, you build friends. I found that I should have been using a softer thin set. So I haven't been, I haven't used ceramic. Is it because ceramic is a softer stone? Somehow it, it cracked the glaze by, the, the, because it dried so fast, it sucked All the, the tile in towards oh. the thin set, cracking the, the ceramic coating on the ceramic. So, so ceramic with a glaze on top. It shattered and cracked that glaze. It didn't crack the tile, but it cracked the glaze so, so that was ultimately the reasoning why it, it, it was happened? drying too fast and too hard okay uh so what i through that talk you know one guy says to me i use laticrete the other guy says uh you, you know ardex so i'm kind of going through this new change i'm going through a new change i've actually moved to mape for for uh, grout Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, pretty crazy, dude. I never thought I would do it. But uh, but I'm sure that you're not the only tile person or any trades out there that maybe they have an experience with something and then they go, you know what? Let me give it a shot with something else. Well, what's interesting is that for the last 10 or 12 years, I have never done ceramics in that long. I, I used haven't to, touched I did ceramics it, I in done forever. It in, I've done it in my earlier years. Yeah. And I haven't, or I have, I've done it once or twice, but I've had designers and they dropped off what they wanted for the thin set. And I've been doing so much porcelain that tech is amazing with the porcelain. So I've never had a problem. My customer went into some really dark blacks and other colors. The mape was just, if you're a dummy, you can pass. Yeah. Where you have to be a tradesman for the other companies. In my eyes, you have to really not put a lot of water, wipe very lightly. You, you have to be a real tradesman to work with the other products. I just found that Matt Pay had a lot of forgiveness. So right now I'm looking at changing thin sets for certain I'm sure jobs. that you're not the only person, and it actually brings up where I haven't brought this up on the show at all, but Schluter, like Curdy Board. 
this is such BS. I've, and I know that we've been in touch with certain people on, on the BS that's behind it. Um, but I mean, it's, it's an opportunity for their competition to come in and take advantage of it. Cause that's exactly what's happening. Well, you got a lot of trades people out there, tile setters out there that are like, Oh, you don't got Curdy. I'm going to go give so-and-so a try. Yeah. Give so-and-so a try. And you know, I, I, I might step some boundaries here because, uh, I've been doing Curdy for well over 25 years. Like before anyone even knew what uh Schluter was, I was using it. Yeah. I, I, that's how I met Todd. Also just recently. I had put some radiant heat down from Schluter, and I found that the thin set was popping out of the pox. It's and not I heard the, it's a not, bad yeah, rumor. And, and, and I just finished that job, and we're doing and it. And it was horrible and, for me, Manny. I know. It, it, I did. It, I did. Those, it's, it's some happening of my favorite products have been failing. No, I know. It's been happening to me, too. I and know. they're not behaving how I'm used to them. And there's no notification no literature, no information saying, hey, we've changed this and be careful with that. Well, they came that. up with a new version of Ditra where they put those those kind of grooves in between all the pucks to help you with the end of the They're roll. They're not holding. I know. but it, it, So they, they created something new, but it caused more problem. It was almost like new Coke. But, but do you know what it's like? That you do something for 25 years, bulletproof. And then you start seeing something happening, and your customer says, "Why is that happening? Well, I well, do I need to worry?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, do they need to worry?" So I start calling people around, and I'm finding out through the trades that they've had the same problems. Oh, I know, and it's very scary. Because, and, and, and tile setters that use it every single day. Because you know what? We're also pumping these names out. You know, it's not their fault. It's not our fault. But we have to do our but own they research. Need, they as, need to step up and yeah, fix it fast. Yeah. And that's the problem is that this year, that's two strikes against them and this year. And you're going to hate hearing this, buddy. What's but, that? Uh, I'm looking at doing, like, I, I like I like doing my dry packs. You know, a lot of guys say, oh, why are you doing dry packs? Why don't you use pan? A lot of, a lot of the houses I, I go into, the, but the pan doesn't work. And I'm not doing custom. I'm doing remove and replace a lot of times. So I do my own sand beds to uh, make it work. And then I cover it with Curdy. I do my Curdy curbs. One thing I really enjoyed was the styrofoam curbs. Just recently, I've been noticing that a lot of guys that were loyal to other companies, like I'm kind of noticing that the you're going to hate this, dude. But I'm going to say it anyways. Why am I going to hate it? Uh, I'm going to start going to Weedy, I think, for the walls. That's you, not me, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to get outside my comfort zone. Because I've just had a kick in the ass a couple times, and it's cost me money, time, and relationships. What the big companies don't know is that they're doing so fucking well that they forget about us little guys they forget when something little, goes I, wrong. I'm not disagreeing And you know what? You. you go after I'm them, and you say, you. hey, man, this failed. You know, the first thing they say, oh, here's some free concrete. Well, what, Who's going to pay for the demolition? Free, who's going to pay for the tiles? I, who's going to pay for I the ground, the you. work? I, I've been fortunate enough that I'm not a daily, uh, weekly tile setter where I need curdy board. And it's funny is I've got like three sheets at home, you know what I mean, in the garage that I'm hanging on to. But they're gold if anybody needs them. I love them. the curdy sheets. But, yeah, but, I do. The, but the problem is that me personally, if I was in a pickle, I still wouldn't go try another product. I would actually just end up going back to the way I did originally where I was using some sort of cement board and then using the curdy roll on top. Well, I'm thinking about There's, doing Den Shield now. It, but then still put curdy over it, right? The thing is, you will never see me go to any other brand. You I know, just, That's just me. And I've had this conversation too. I know we're kind of talking about tiles, but when I first started in this industry, I didn't even put waterproofing on. I was 16, 17 years old, and I never got callbacks. You know, I used to put ru rubber liners, and I hate fucking rubber I liners. I hate rubber liners. That's where I learned the how to do my sandpacks. The the corners, I hate the rubber liners. You know, liners. I did it right. I was above 12 inches, and, you know, 
the the plumber was always two inch vents and you know everything worked out never was a problem i always pitched it really well so i never had that problem man dude at my age of my life right now things should be going you really know it's, well it's really interesting you're bringing that up because these lack of customer service this ain't the first time that it's come up on the show i've had all kinds of different tradespeople that are talking about suppliers and unfortunately the supplier sales reps are on cruise control well no for the majority of them and i'm saying i'm not saying all of them but the majority of them are on cruise control during this pandemic era and they're not understanding that tides are changing inside the trades but do you know what i hate the most is I go to these places with 30-year relationships, 20-year relationships so with companies do? I buy them at, the I people know. I know, I know, the places I've gone, being, you know, put building my name up before media was big, you know, I I did, you know, television, it, it opened different doors for me, right? Uh, opportunities. What I hate is when I give them a problem and I'm looking for a solution, they instead of supporting me and walking me through it and and finding a solution, pedal backwards and try to give it excuses and try to get away from helping me. That's oh, the cruise control. Oh, I, oh, well, no, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. What am I doing it's wrong? It's gotta be you. Like what's your, what I'm doing wrong is you're not, what's happening here is you're not giving me the information. You can't just sell a product just to get rich. <laughs> if there's a problem, you should say, Hey man, don't use that right now. We're having a problem with this. You're a really great customer. And even if I'm not a great customer, be careful with this. You may not want to, Use that right well, now. Well, all the brands, all the salespeople should be treating all the people. It doesn't matter if you've got a hundred thousand followers. Well, I don't believe in warranties and no. guarantees anymore. Well, the thing that's is, that's what I'm leading to. They should all be stepping up. It doesn't matter yeah. who you are. If you're a little guy, big guy, it doesn't matter. You should be stepping up. But it's an opportunity for their competition to come yeah. in. Yeah. Well, I've had I'm customers. Sorry, I've is. had customers come up to me and say, "So, what's the what's the guarantee or warranty on that?" And I'm like, huh, "You want me to give you a warranty? If something fails with this product, those companies aren't going to support me." They're going to they're gonna try to prevent themselves from looking bad, and they'll do anything, even talk behind my back to my own customers while I brought them that customer and you that serious? work. Yeah, I've, uh, it, it's gone bad a couple times. I, I've, I've had some recent stuff that's been really bizarre. But it's, it's opened my eyes not to trust anybody. Trust is good, but no trust is better. That's a, <laughs> a saying my... Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, it, what it's leading to is like me changing now and people losing my business that's what's going on right now yeah all right Sorry. Mo moving along i want to bring up uh arminus uh from arminus villa rio 182 a r a m i s v i l l a r r e a l i 182 <laughs> he recently found the show and loves it he's mexican in california he's a tile setter been doing it for decades and he loves the show Wow. He, he just loves it, and he recently just listened to a show with Patricio, which was uh, the electrician uh, that got blinded from working on the trade on the, the table saw there. And uh, as a laborer came in, you know about that yeah, when yeah, I told right. you about that. We were right? talking so, about that because I had someone losing eye too. I know it's the same thing. So he's been listening to the show, loves it. So I just want to huge shout out, bro. Appreciate you listening yeah, and, and giving us some love all the way out of California there, man. Yeah, and they they do some pretty crazy stuff. They do out some in insane tile yeah, in there, man. right? So it's good. And then another huge shout out to Mark. I got a Mark Nestor Bar guy. 
Nestor Bar, man. I love that guy, man. Uh, Mark is amazing lately. He's a gentleman and a He's half. He's been showing, sharing all this insight and trying to educate the younger guys and girls out there, understanding how, you know that this industry can be hard. It's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. It's totally worth it. So please, guys, if you guys don't have a Nestor Bar, please, man, reach out to him. Buy him. And, and this dude's dirty. He's he dirty. gets he, in there, man. He gets in there, man. I see him. More, I, he just did a deck. He was just showing how his bar rips. Yeah, a, yeah. I know. I saw that. I was like. It's brilliant. I'm a little peeved that Omid the Tile guy because he came by to borrow he my Nestor bar. No, Is that no, yours? And he took mine. I went to his house. He's like, day. I'll bring it back tomorrow. And I'm like, going good. That was two weeks ago. <laughs> I saw it. I was like, he's got a Nestor bar. Nice. And then today, <laughs> yesterday, I was like, going, hey, where's my Nestor bar, man? Like, I need my Nestor That's bar. That's hilarious. So he has it. But so please, at www.nestorbars.com, reach out to him. Another shout out to Bill and Justin from. Well, have some water, dude. Oh, I don't right. know. You just drink it, man. We're, like, we're gonna be doing. <laughs> we're gonna be doing the two hundred event, and we're gonna be drinking, smoking, uh, eating cigars. All, we're gonna oh, do whatever dude, we want to do. Surprising you? Let's do that. Let's do that. I'll be so sorry. Bill and Justin from Bill Limegart Construction at B I L L L E I M G A R D T Construction. Uh, he did a, vic- a wicked video. He put the respect the next trade sticker on the the front door of the log cabin. I think that I saw working. that. It was wicked, man. I like that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Sharing the love there. Thanks so much. Another shout out to Tim and the boys out west at Pound for Pound Framers, man. Wow. The BC I like boys. That. Pound they're for like pound. building away. It's all rainy and out BC there, wow. and they're framing away. And he's always doing some really cool videos of him it's showing really cool how he name. does everything. You like that name, Pound for yeah. Pound Framers? Pound for Pound. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, give him a shout out. He might actually be coming here, or I might what? actually be coming there. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. But uh, we're going to get him on the show one day. Sean Taggy, just want to thank you for reaching out. He's had so many questions. And his big question is that uh, everybody's been asking, too, is that he's a tradesperson. And he's wondering, should I make the leap to be a GC? Should I leave being an individual scope person and take on the whole scope? I want to get your thoughts on that, man. I think that everyone at some point at an early stage should become a GC to appreciate all their trades and to appreciate how hard GCs work and how hard their job is to keep all those trades busy and going. I don't think trades that just do one thing appreciate a GC properly. I'd have to agree with you on both sides there. Yeah, totally. But I do, I really, I'm coming to a turning point in my life right now where I don't want to be a GC anymore. Really? Yeah, it's you too had much enough? headache. Homeowners are driving me. Listen, wow. no matter how much Why I love them. Why did you get on my bus? No matter, <laughs> no matter how much I love people that I meet and I and I enjoy them and I can separate the two after business, people's expectations are ridiculous. And they think they're the only ones with money problems. And for some reason, I can't get it out of my head. We're probably one of the most important people in this whole work industry. In general, we don't sit in an office and, and get to go home right after. We have to deal with chasing money and dealing with budgets. It's funny how you said that first. Free extra money. You know, so while you're here, can you take care of this? You know, like, it's not why is it okay original. to walk away from a contractor and just leave them hanging and owing them thousands? That's a whole other show, man. I know, like, but it's just, all related I to know, I know, I totally, but I mean, I had a great conversation. Uh, I, I've told people already that I've given out my phone number. Guys, that's my phone number that's on the copy on, on these podcasts. That's my mobile. You guys can try to reach me. Jason from Keystone, he was actually texting me at... Uh, 
I think it was like 10, 15 or something like that last night. And I was going, dude, I'll, I'll chat with you in the morning. Cause I mean, I'm going to bed now. I'm falling asleep. I'm sorry. Cause I get up at four. Right. So, and then I don't text them back and forth in the morning, but the thing is, yeah. So I, I, I do that because I want our listeners to reach out. I want them to discuss it. Sean was, was that way he was asking me and he was specifically talking about hourly rates. And this is something that has been on everybody's mind that most tradespeople don't want to reveal what they make. They don't want to let other tradespeople that are getting into the business what they make. Well, hey, man, teach his own on that one. Uh, we all have different materials, different tools, uh, different experiences. I'm just talking about hourly rates. But the nice thing is I, that... I, I, I only think that hourly rates should come in only at one time in construction. When's that? I think that you should quote a job and people should just... Leave you the fuck alone. doesn't matter if you finish in one day or two months. The price is the price. No one should get involved after that. Once you agree to the price, just stay out of it. Unless there's a stipulation put in there where you can't see behind a wall or you know something that's not in the quote that comes along, they have to pay extra for. I think that the only time you should be paying or charging hourly is when you first start to get a job. And the only other time is that when you walk into, and, and in my world, this is my problem. Sometimes I come to a, a house and they're like, uh, I had four contractors come through here and, you know, I uh, had this done four times. I need it fixed. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what's behind there anymore. Well, I got to charge you hourly. Uh, Are you not this, questioning this is my rate? the homeowner at that time when they say that I've had this done four times? Well, listen, it eight out of 10 times. It's always about the price, and that whole beer taste, a beer budget, a champagne, champagne taste. Yeah, you know you hear that over and over again. That's one of the biggest problems. People are so people take the jobs, but they don't explain what they're gonna get for that money. You know, like you really gotta let them know, you know, what level you're gonna be at with imperfections and so on. I think that's the only other time. I think that at any professional level of a tradesman, in their contract, it should be very clear that if it's not written, you don't do it. And it should be a set price, and I think that's the. I think people should just but work clients set do that. Prices. Clients will step around the GC or the site super and go to the individual trade and go and listen. Can you do this? And ones that want to just please the client will just do it, not realizing that they should actually speak to the GC or the site super and then have a conversation and then go. It's a new scope at that point, right? Yeah. I, w I the reason I was going down down this road is that I want to eventually start sharing. And giving out all this information regarding the rates, I don't. I don't think you can do that, Manny. You don't um, think so? No, I. I think that's almost impossible. But you got you got young guys coming in here. You got these young blind guys and girls coming in here, and they're twenty one, twenty two, and they're demanding fifty bucks an hour. I've had that personally happen. Listen, fifty bucks an hour isn't really much if you're a professional. Okay, uh, but if you're not a professional, at fifty bucks an hour, then there's a problem. And you're twenty something year old. You you can still be pretty. I have to I leave was, you on site and disappear, and I have to come back, and the entire scope's got to be finished for that day at fifty bucks an hour. Like that's not. Well, listen, you and me are GCs, and we've been on the tools. Even sometimes I think I'm going to finish something in two hours, well, and it takes it. me eight. Okay, but the question is, are you for the majority making fifty bucks an hour as a GC? There are times I do. Yeah, sometimes. There's a lot of times I don't. You don't. Um, More times you don't than do. But my problem is is that I always have an employee with me. And uh, what the employees never realize is that they are always taking my personal money away because uh, they're watching me. They're not preparing. 
They're not cleaning. They're not saving me time. The, the little things that they can do in between me working and not giving them my attention because sometimes I don't want some of the employees to go ahead any farther because I don't trust them. And it's not like, oh, I don't trust you. I, I just know that you don't have the experience. And when it's my job, it's my way. So how much are you paying that person? You probably don't want to hear it, but uh, you start 25 bucks with me. And you go up to 40, no problem. And anything after 40, I'm subbing to you. That's how the shift is. See, so I like all that. 40, 40 is a I really like uh, mature, intelligent number. How about a daily rate? How about if I were to tell you you get, you get two professional Finnish carpenters. They're good. All the good guys I know should be making between... I'm going to say a daily rate. Uh, but so a daily rate... For two good Finnish carpenters. A daily rate to today. Today. Not a year ago, no, no, 10 no, no. years today, ago. Today. With gas prices and everything you else know that's I'm happening. I'm, I'm around thirteen to 1400 bucks a day. For a guy? For two guys. Two Finnish carpenters. Dude, I'm coming to work for you. I'm just saying that that's the going rate is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a lot lower than that. Because that's factoring in the two individuals, their skill set, and their arsenal of tools. When I'm thinking what a well, How much are you thinking? When I'm thinking, when, I, when you're talking to me about what a guy should be getting, I'm not including materials. No, no, I'm talking about the hourly rate, but I'm, it's I'm still it's, saying he's using my tools, but uh, he's there as a no, pro. No, 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 I'm, I'm not. You're individual trades people, and you're coming in, and you're hiring to do a scope, and I'm supplying the material, and you are delivering the skill. I'm that's that's where I'm at with those rates. I'm also saying that if you're a laborer coming in as a tile setter, and you're coming in to work for a tile setter, I think you should start around thirty to thirty-five an hour. Are you thinking higher? Yeah, I, I think that you should be making guys. I just, guys Carly, are, I just want to get these numbers guys out that because are level, guys are afraid to talk guys about that are these level numbers. Starting should be making four to five hundred dollars a day. So I, okay, here's the thing though. When you got when That's I got zero started, zero problems for a GC or any homeowner. Twelve years ago, when I got started, I was happy making fifteen hundred a week. So I was three hundred a day. That was my my pay. To run the business, that but if you want to make fifteen hundred now, you got to make three thousand a week. That exactly, that was low. Yeah, in my opinion, that was low. And now, what's happening is that the same person that's starting now is probably asking three thousand, thirty five hundred yeah. a week. So, like, I I t had just a conversation with one of the guys that works with me. I want to hear this. And I said to him, I said, uh, you know, if you want to come on full time, and your expectations are say five thousand dollars a month, just start with me. You need to make ten thousand for yourself. That's without making me any money. Yeah. You want to take five home, you gotta make ten, and then you gotta make me money. So if you're not making twelve at least a month, why do I need you? You don't. I'd rather go to the guy that I gotta teach because I'm not gonna bite more than I chew. I'll just slow down on the jobs. I, I'm taking less jobs on and focusing on the quality again. You know, for a little bit there, I lost control because I was just taking jobs, taking jobs. It was just thrown and I, I wasn't saying no. But it's hard to find, I, like, I don't know. Every every young person that I've met in the last two years, three years, or four years, or whatever it's been, when they come in, I've joked about it on the show before, even way back with you, way back in those shows, they are always asking for more than their age. Yeah. That's I'm, starting. Labor. I haven't... I'm not taking anything away from them at all. I haven't hired anyone young. Why? There's a different attitude. There's a different expectation, a different uh, understanding, a more different, Is there a a bias? different respect. Is there a bias? The older guys I bring on have a respect for me. The expectation is they know when they come on the job, if they're not making me any money, I'm not going to hire them.
You you can work you can I, I work agree, for the day and you can you. make your fucking money. I agree, but with you're not you. coming back. Uh, uh, like so. that, these young guys have to understand that you're running a business and you have a lot of overhead, and you al- they also have to understand that if you're not making the person who owns this business money, then there's no reason for you to be here. Do you know that all week I've been getting up at four o'clock in the morning? Are you you too? Four o'clock in the morning. Why? And I'm on the road by five. Wow. For travel. I'm not on the road by five. No, I'm just saying I'm on the road to travel and I don't see a peep. But when you're bringing guys along, try to keep them happy. And then the rest of the day, they're just miserable. So, like, there's just real bad attitudes still out there. As, I as much s- as there's great guys out there, there's I, I a agree. lot of bad attitudes, I agree. man. I agree. That's just because I... it's not your business, you should be really treating my business like your own business and trying to make me happy because you're selling yourself not just to me but everyone around me. You, If you don't think my trades are paying attention to you... Like, if you're doing no, a no, good dude. job, guess what my trades are going to want to do? Hey, you think I could use that guy this weekend? Yeah, fucking take him, man. Just don't keep him. He's mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want Because I want to start bringing these numbers out. I just feel that it's like taboo. Whether I'm right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It's really about starting a conversation, and we just start it. And it's no different than if you were hiring somebody. You're going to ask them. Either they're going to work, and you're going to go, listen, I saw you work for this week. I think you're worth this much. Here's what I'm offering. Do you want to work for me or not? That's how you start it. Or you're going to be the person coming in going, listen, I'm so-and-so. This is my skill set. I want this much. And then you as a GC is going to say yay or nay at that point. So I just want to get these numbers out there, man. Like, And these are Canadian numbers, by the way, for all of our U.S. listeners and everybody outside mm-hmm. of the world, right? So you can do the Siri, what's a Canadian dollar of whatever, and then go from there, 50 bucks an hour for a 25-year-old. Sure. If you're worth it, sure. And if you're making me money, sure. But the, the majority of millennials I've met, I'm sorry, you're not worth 50 bucks an hour. You're yeah. not. I, I get that you're driving a $90,000 pickup truck. Who and cares? You, and you've got all this overhead. You don't need that. By all means, I don't give a shit about that. That's your overhead. You can that's, buy a $4,000 that, van that's and not, run a company. Exactly. Professionally. We know that. That's how it was. I had a beat up Nissan King Cab piece of shit that I paid but five I got grand for. my van. Yeah, it's just like. People are like, why don't you paint that, it? I'm that, like, it's no, my work doesn't truck. doesn't matter, right? So I'm not here to. I, I want to do these shows because I want to talk more like I'm hearing plumbers are doing anywhere from 700 to 900 per fixture. I know. But per fixture, yeah, that's what they're charging. And I that's, know guys that's, that were. I know ten years rate. ago, guys were charging five hundred. That's going right. But I remember you, you and I were having a, a conversation about roofing, and guys are coming in where they're triple the price of other guys. Yeah, and you're going, I don't fucking get it because they're quoting the same material. But I guess you're just your workforce is more expensive. Is it better quality work? We don't know. But when you're like triple the price, I've always said that homeowners, and I think that this applies to anybody that wants to become a GC, you should be looking at three or four quotes. Yeah. And I guarantee you, you're going to get the FU quote, you're going to get the low end quote, and you're going to get the three in the middle. And I think the lesson to that is don't undersell yourself. You know, you are worth something, but at the same time, to guys like you and me, there's another guy. <sighs> Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jared, I want to talk about something that Jared brought up to me. I hadn't spoken to Jared from uh, Pacific Well General Contracting in Winnipeg there. He's my good friend there, Jared. I've never met him, and I know him so much about him, man. We talk all the time, and uh, we talk a lot of COVID stuff. eh? You should be part of this conversation. But, But Jared brought up a good point, and he was talking about how, honestly, sometimes clients and contractors don't fit. They don't. They don't connect. They don't fit. And it's nothing on you tradespeople. And it's got nothing to do with the client. It's just you guys don't 
fit. So don't try to bend over backwards to try to fit. You're going to ask for trouble. Yeah. It's, it's a relationship. It's a connection. You have to fit. And if it doesn't work, you're better off. If your gut is telling you this is not feeling good, you're better off to say no, walk away, because some other better connection is going to come along and you'll get that. We know that you younger tradespeople out there are always nervous about getting work and you want to try to grab as much work as you possibly can, especially what's going on right now. But don't grab stuff that you know you guys don't connect with. Well, that's uh, that's another story, man. Like Bring it our, up. our industry is getting flooded with amateur hacks right now. So a lot of people looking for work. And, uh, you know, the first place they go is construction. I talked about this before, even before this whole COVID situation. You got people now, there's no work. And the first thing that a person does with no education, or it's easy to become a construction worker. Yep. But people are hiring people because it's cheaper to hire these kind of guys. And then when the shit goes down, guys like you and me got to fucking fix it. It's awful, dude. Well, more you than me. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. You're a different I, kind of I contractor. I turn around. I turn around. I'm sorry yeah. to say, but thanks for bringing that up, Jared. I always have, love having a yeah, conversation with you guys, yeah. man. I think it's time for... Oh, my God. Is it OBC? <laughs> <laughs> Ontario Building Code, everyone. Uh, so, what is a code violation? Well, I got a few questions it's here. It's really just... weird that you chose this. <laughs> Why? Because... I know we're going to get into the safety and it's kind of along the ways of that. Sure. So say that one more time. What is a code violation, a building code violation? You know, you get a permit, there's a minimum code. If you don't do that, that's a violation. Basically. If you do something without a permit, it's like a violation. It's basically, that's, yeah. that's basically what it is. It's the act of breaking, not obeying a code, which is a set of rules. That applies to a particular act. City and state housing inspectors uncover numerous code violations and deficiencies of buildings all the time. The problem is that when they uncovered them, the person that's working on the house at that time is now responsible for them. Man, it gets worse though. You know, How? and we talk about this all the time. But I, I, in the last, the last two houses I just did, what did you find? They, the city inspectors passed stuff that should have never been passed. So who's responsible? There is no responsibility. The city walks away from it. And it's awful, man. They don't fire these guys. They don't. Uh, they don't give them a penalty. They don't charge them. They don't get sued. It's awful, man. Because some of this stuff is really critical. Like my kids could be in there. The house Structural. could collapse. Structural. And these these guys are coming in. They're pushing their muscle around, and yet they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Speaking of which, I know that I mentioned it to you. If everybody remembers, Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith might be making a return on the show. I hope. He, he reached out, and I was like, dude, what's going on? Well, I haven't it, spoken to you in a bit, man. If you're listening, Mr. Smith, <laughs> no tippy-toeing <laughs> around this one. We'll get, we'll get you back, Mr. Smith, on the show, because we, we actually enjoyed that, that show that we did with you, the two shows that we did with you. Yeah. And uh, for everybody who doesn't isn't familiar with that show, we called him Mr. Smith because we didn't want him to get in trouble with the city. That's yeah. all it was, right? But and, and it was just great having a it city was, inspector yeah. on. And he didn't know everything, and he was just being honest and about it. And I'm even it. more excited now because, you know what, he knows the format. Yes. He, he's got the experience I think now. He, I think he appreciates everything a little bit more, and I think he's going to have some great stories. Speaking of which, what is a building inspector responsible for? I think that uh, a building inspector is responsible that uh, you know, you're, you're doing what the permits are saying you're doing the minimum code that's really his job is that you meet minimum code uh we don't agree with minimum code a lot of times nope 
uh, all the time. Uh, a lot of hacks do though, because <laughs> that's how they make money. And homeowners, a lot of homeowners like minimum because, code, they, because that's how they save, save money. money. Yeah, that's just how it is. Um, but uh, you know, a, a city inspector's job really is just to to make sure that when he comes in, that you're complying to the permit that's been stamped by an engineer and the city saying yes, this is true. You got it totally right, Carly. Totally right. I mean, the official one here on, online is building inspectors determine the structural soundness of buildings and construction projects. They are tasked with inspecting and assessing the structural quality of a building and ensuring compliance with zoning regulations, national building codes or provincial building codes, and contract specifications. One thing I'd like to say is I do appreciate the, the city inspectors that are human, and when they do see a contractor that doesn't know enough and they make mistakes that they're willing to work with them or with homeowners that have made a bad mistake by not getting a permit or something and they work with them and they're human i really like when people are human in that position i got a question for you carlito can you sell a house that is not up to code can you sell a house is well if it's grandfather in if you sell it as is Technically, you're, you're you allowed could. to sign off on it. Yes, you can. Yeah. You can sell a house as is on the open market as long as there are no clear code violations that present any danger at okay. the home. So this is going to sound bad. Doesn't that sound bad? Yeah, it does sound bad. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Three houses, bef- my, my third house from my last flip, I actually sold the house. There was no problems. Everything was above minimum code. I actually sold the house as is. And I actually, a lawyer bought the house. And he said to me, this house is as is? What the fuck's the problem? And I said, there's no problem. I don't need you calling me after. I don't want any headaches. You're going to buy it as is. I don't give a shit about your house inspector. This is how it is. I'm very proud of my home. I'm selling it for top dollar. I've got 12 guys standing outside right now for this house. It's above minimum code. This is how it's being sold as is because homeowners and lawyers always find a little loophole to save some money and I'm not into it. This is the money I want and I'm selling it as is and you do your own research. Bye-bye. So it sounds horrible, but no, really, it really true. worked well for I me. I agree with you. It really worked well for Last me. Last question here from the OBC. Can you sell a house with unpermitted work? You can. Yes, you can. But a person that did the work uh, prior to the purchase is still responsible for the work. Uh, yes and no. It's, it becomes but I was great, under the understanding. So, so it, it goes back to the as-is thing. Where if it's changes, if the changes are minor, if there's a small electrical work that was repaired without a permit or a minor change in the home, yeah, that's a then, replace. then the buyers might be willing to retroactively get the permits and fix the issues themselves. I know that, was it Jared or somebody else was telling me out west that they're trying to pass some stupid law where they can retro go back and the government can come into your house they discover that there was work done that was not permitted, that the new homeowners can are forced now to get a permit and pay for all that work that was done. See, I don't think that's fair. That's I, bullshit. I think, I think that what, from my understanding, was they go after the per, the, the person that was, that owned the house that sold it. I think that that person knows better. What if you I've sell seen a lot of my is. friends, a lot of my friends, I'm not going to say any names, have never listened to me, and they have done hack jobs in their houses, and I'm so disappointed in them. They sell these houses not caring. They pass on the buck to make up a buck for themselves. And those guys, and you guys all know who you are, I think <laughs> they should be held liable for the bullshit they pass on because it's just like bad workmanship passed on. You know, it's a trade before you, right? And this show is brought to you by those one, guys. One more thing, though. <laughs> uh, I do want to mention that because it's a really, really sensitive topic you just brought up. What people don't know is that if an insurance company finds one fault. This is important. One fault yes. in the permit or no permit, your insurance is dropped 
and good luck getting insurance again. And guess what the bank does if you didn't pay the house off? It reclaims the house. Well, the thing is that what if you actually have an issue? What if there's a fire? What if there's a situation, a flood or something like that? And if you've altered it, you're on the hook now. And here's the, the, and this should be, you know, I'm going to put this out in the ears of the guys that do this. How about if you do something really bad, like structural, or you do a really bad electrical job illegally, and a kid dies in that? That could have been your kid. Yeah. That's that's how serious this is. Yeah, it's very, very it, serious. Is it only serious when it happens to your family, or and it's not serious when it happens to someone else? Anyways, blah, blah, blah. No, it's, these are all valid points, dude. And honestly. that's OBC with <laughs> Manny. <laughs> so I do want to talk about... All these young tradespeople out there, I want to go back to, yes, guys and girls, there are bad clients out there. I'm sorry to say, but there are bad clients out there. As much as TV has portrayed the contractors as being the bad guys and girls out there, there are bad clients out there. I don't care. Oh, you're totally right. I mean, they're they're out there. So it's just... It's, I learned there's more bad, bad uh, clients than there are bad contractors. That's been my opinion since day one. All right. Not all of us are as shady as as the clients have portrayed us to be. But I guess the clients have a bigger voice when it comes to, oh, I'm going to leave you a bad review and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that just because you rubbed me the wrong way. We've all gone through that bullshit. How many people have are part of this membership bullshit where they're going to go? They threaten. They all threaten everybody with bad reviews, bad reviews, bad reviews, which is such fucking garbage, man. Many construction. The construction industry is like dating. Tell me more, Carlito. Hey, come on. <laughs> you know what? You you meet somebody and it's great at the beginning. And just like every project starts, it's great at the beginning. And they don't get something their way, a relationship's over. And that's a really sad, it's really sad to have that in the industry, man. This brings up an interesting little story that I won't mention who it is, but they will know from listening to this. <laughs> What? It's funny how many people we know <laughs> that listen to this. But no, I won't mention the person who told me this story, but he knows who he is. What if you're a contractor and you come into a home, the client is a female, and she's attractive. She's suggestive to the point where you return for your second day of work, and she's wearing certain revealing things. I know where you're going with this already, man. How would you handle that? Am I single or am I am I dating? <laughs> okay, so in general, I'll, in I'll general, say, I'll, I'll in say general. politically correct right now. Yeah, in general, that is Charlotte's Web. Yeah, you you have a black widow coming for you. Yeah, and just when you thought that pussy was good, <laughs> yes. uh, buddy, it's gonna fucking bite you bite and kill hard. you. Hard, I and know. If you think you're smart enough to play the game, you're not. You'll hear stories. I always hear stories about friends that have slept with a homeowner or had some kind of crazy wild sex, and I'm always like, oh man, why didn't that happen to me when I was single? It is a bad idea do not take the bait you know don't you know what and i and i want to say this too is not just about women that are suggestive and they use and they use that yeah it's just so bad that you can't even become friends with a homeowner until the project's over yeah so if you want to sleep with someone finish the job get paid and then bang them (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just saying that it's it's interesting that we've always uh 
talked about that. That, but sure. you had a story. I want to hear the story. No, I'm not. That's the extent of it. I'm not. Tell, oh, I don't oh, want to oh. divulge more of the details of it. I don't know. I don't want to say what he did or didn't do. I, I know guys that have been sued. But that's the situation. Yeah, that's the situation. Uh, taken that, to court. Like if you have a feeling, listen, it, whether you're dating somebody or not dating somebody, and you come into that situation, and then there's suggestiveness on the homeowner's part, you're going to get yourself into a world of trouble. You will. Manny, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Please share. Before I was with my wife and before I was married, I had met a very attractive woman. She had a nice house, and she hired me. Very flirtatious. That's was, how you met her. You met her through that. She she got, she was looking for a contractor. Got it. Found it through my uh, my electrician. My electrician at the time uh, brought me in. Got it. And she's, he said, you know, this is the guy that will take care of you. And, and uh, obviously, I was attracted to her and thinking sex right away. Getting to know her and flirting different time back then too uh, i found out she was a peeler okay stripper okay the more she tried to play me i didn't fall for it even though i wanted to i walked away from the job you didn't do the job i i did a little bit there like little parts and i realized that she was just trouble i walked away my buddy took a my buddy took the job he was like oh, i'll be all over it he slept with her oh and and he never got paid <laughs> And I hope that pussy was good. <laughs> you never got paid? Yeah, never got paid. But I, I'm, I'm lucky I walked away from that. Uh, you're right. It's about it's a Charlotte's Web. I'm telling you right yeah, now. It's, it's, it's awful, it's, it's, it's dangerous. And I, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not saying that all clients are like that or that that's going to happen or whatever. But if you ever get caught in this situation, listen, man, I mean, like. Well, you are human. Yeah, you are human, and people are taking care of themselves longer, and they're looking great longer. And now people are at home more. Yes. People aren't seeing people. Yeah. It's even worse, right? Yeah. So relationships I mean, are having problems, and I've and, always and people said, are going the easy way out instead do, of do instead not of do, fixing it. Do not shit where you work, man. Seriously, yeah. Like, yeah, don't be a raccoon. Se- <laughs> <laughs> So I just wanted to bring that up, and and the person who told me that story, I kept it quiet. I promise, I kept it quiet. Hopefully, he's not upset because I bring it up. But I mean, nobody, don't worry, dude. No. I just said a whole bunch of stories. It's even exactly, worse. Exactly, man. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna get in trouble. I actually want to hear that story after we're off. <laughs> I'll tell you later, man. But I, I, yeah, I wanted to talk about that because it's just like you never have that shit could happen. You oh, it be, happens. So there's so much going on for all you. I'm as much as when we were talking to Michael and Rosegold, and we we're talking about are you envious that of the tradespeople and their individual scope versus you being a GC. And he actually said that he was envious of the tradespeople, right? And I'm envious of them too. And I'm wondering, okay, so is it really that much better because they come in, take care of their scope, and then they get out? You know what, Manny? At this point in my life and all the experiences I have, I think being a trade is much easier. You're in and out. You do your job, you're gone. Um, Especially you if you're you one of the earlier trades. Well, uh, this is the first thing people say to me. Holy fuck, dude, you got a lot of tools. And I'm like... Holy shit, that's where my money went. You know, lots of tools, a lot of maintenance. Can't keep up with the tools changing these days. Technology is getting better, faster. Net storage. I've got shipping containers. Oh, God, I've got trailers. Dude, dude. Like, it's too much. It's man. a lot of stuff, dude. It's and why do you want to do 20 things when you should just really focus on one and be great at it? I really, I really think that pick a trade, be really good at it, do well with it. Make your money, go home, so and you enjoy don't want to be a GC anymore. You don't want to stay that. G- but I mean, the, it's you, hard for me, Manny, because get, I walk into projects and 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 it's like you and me, like you're that animal, you're not. 
You can't yeah. just say you're going to be a GC. You're you're either a leader or you're not. I'm, I'm, we're both leaders, and we have this magical way of having people do work for us. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, if my trades are listening, I'm not like, oh, I make you do like. I know how to control 10 your, trades. Your trades have accents? Yes, actually they do. <laughs> a lot of them do. You can't, a lot of people can't juggle 10 trades and organize them at the right times, not to interrupt each other and stay on time, budget, and keep the, the customer happy, right? It's been interesting. I think the last month, I'm going to say the last month, I've had several conversations with different tradespeople wanting to shift gears in their their business. I've, I've heard from plumbers talking about, I don't want to do new scope. I just want to do maintenance. I've heard from framers who wanted to get into finished carpentry. I've heard all kinds of trades wanted to become GCs. I've heard GCs wanted to like get out of this business completely. They're so fed up with everything. Like it's just this, this past year and a half and two years or whatever of construction madness going on has just it's been like a bag of marbles just mixing up everything. And I'm just wondering, okay, so what's really going to happen now? Everybody's been talking about how, I mean, I was talking to the boys out west there, Adrian, and and, and from Builders and Brews and everything, and uh, he was saying that they're already signing contracts for May of next year. That's fast. Like, that's amazing that they're doing that, yeah. right? But, I mean, there's also going to be crappy ones too, and we don't know what's going to happen. So I still, I've been speaking on the podcast saying that, I believe the end of next year, something traumatic is going to happen. A depression? A recession? Something. A recession. I, I We're honestly, already in a recession. I believe it. I honestly believe it when you, like right now the news is going on and it's talking about a third booster. Right now the news is going on and in our Health Canada, our, our, our top doctor is talking about how people who are vaccinated are more dangerous than people who are well, not he's vaccinated. he's their top doctor, not my top doctor. I, I know. Their government. It's not ours, yeah. right? But the thing is like, so there's, they're trying to continue this conversation. They're trying to continue this. Is it going to make the construction continue? And that's where I have the concern where you have the young guys spending 90 grand on a pickup truck for that image that's on filters on social media instead of the scope of work i'm just wondering okay we're, we're not creskin here we're not like we don't know for sure what's going to happen but we're old enough to know that you play safe you you pull in the reins you don't overextend because if it does happen you're more protected. I've spoken to so many small business owners right now saying that if I wasn't smart the last 10 years with my finances, if I wasn't paying attention to saving and doing this, my business would have been belly up by now. I would never have survived the two years. And I know we're going to get into this with somebody else, but how we invest growing up isn't the way we're, gonna, we're investing for the future now. It's different now. It's totally different. Uh, another thing is... Um, Oh, man. Being a GC's, you know, we, we talk about this all the time, and it sounds like I'm repeating myself. But at the end of a project, there's always no money for the GC. The profit's gone. We talked about this way fighting. back in the early, like the negotiation, the renegotiation. And, and you know, you know, uh, I, I, like right now, I've changed my whole business. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of reveal myself a little later on. But right now, I don't want to do what I've been doing for 30 years. I now have a different direction in life. I'm just fine-tuning some things. And over the next couple of podcasts, I love to you know, Please expose do. myself because I'm going to be looking for a new line of work. I'm going to be giving, I'm going to be looking for a different kind of customer and a different kind of job. I think what you're going to be doing is what I'm doing. You're going to be looking for the love in construction again. Yeah, and there's like one or two things. I, I, 
I said to myself, I can't keep doing everything. I don't have the passion for it anymore. It's just too much headaches with so many trades and people. Like there's just too much problems. I now realize that there's two things I really want to do. And those are the two things I'm going to focus on. I think that once I fine tune it in within the next month or two, I'm going to, you know, talk about it with you on the show and with other people. And I think that's where I'm, I'm going to go after. So, and that's me. It doesn't mean it's going to work for Good. anyone else. Good that's going to work man. for me because that's what makes me happy. Good for you. I also want to let everybody know that Derek got back to me. I mentioned to you about that high school trade teacher. Yeah, man. I, so, I worked so, with him so, before. It yeah, was fantastic. So he's excited school, about it. And he's just going through the, the hoops right now to just figure out the specifics because we actually want to record the podcast at the school. And we actually want to record it with the kids. And you know what I love about his school and those students? I was one of those kids. Perfect. It just triggers great memories. So know? he's excited and he's just going through the hoops. So hopefully we're going to secure that. And I, I just want everybody to know that, you know, we're hustling. We're working hard. We're trying to schedule guests. We're trying to get all these different types of guests in there. So everyone gets a gamut of everything. And so they get some insight and all this. But the last thing I want to bring up is... The other big thing that I've been hearing the last few months, other than, you know, everybody trying to change their occupation in the construction industry, is you're getting a certain segment of the contractors in this industry wanting to get out completely because they're being convinced instead of even fighting for 50 bucks an hour to carry drywall, I could be the next TikTok Instagrammer. <laughs> no, you're right. But with without that. But you are totally right. They honestly believe that. And yeah. I just want to let everybody know that, okay, when I was in film school, way back when. But you know you're going to have to be naked to make some money in TikTok, Well, right? that's, <laughs> that's a different story, right? But when I was in school in film school and I was in my classes and I was studying, you had a classroom full of people that all believed that they were going to be Steven Spielberg. But there's those classrooms in every single city and every single school. And not everybody's going to be Spielberg. Fine. You want to be... That African guy who's making so much money now on TikTok for raising up his shoulders. I get it. That's one guy. Before that, he had no work and all this other shit. But that's what they've been pushing. And a lot of these kids believe that. They totally believe that. They can be that next guy doing that. And I disagree with it. Here's the problem. When you and me got into this industry, you know, I'll talk about myself because I, I've been in a, a lot, a different end of it longer than you have. Yeah, yeah. I had to work my ass off to make money. What people aren't used to that I know for 30 years in this industry is they're no longer making the money that they were used to. They're making less? They're working harder for that money. For the same amount. So what they thought was going to get easier got harder. There's more competition. People aren't letting the money go as easily unless you have a high-end customer and all your customers are that direction. But a lot of so-called blue-collar people for now... You're working for your money now. And a lot of guys want to get out of this business because they got to work. I think people forgot that this industry, you got to fucking work for your money. There's no, like, you're, when people say you're going to get rich, you got to work for that, bro. You still have to work. It doesn't for come. It. You still like, have to work for it. I don't put $100 in a Bitcoin and then uh, five years later, I get a million dollars out of it. That's a bonus if it works out for you, but you're only hearing the good stories. You never hear the bad stories. All my buddies that are builders, all my buddies that are GCs, all want to get out. They're all frustrated with homeowners. So you're money. hearing the same thing too, dude. It's everywhere. I, I won't even. Th I, I've even changed. I've I've gone a different direction in the last year. You went it's on not, a walkabout. It's not the same industry anymore. It's a different it industry. is, but it's not. It's a different industry. It's the same work. It's new materials, but it's not the same. You got to work for your fucking money, man. Are you thinking that the younger generation is increasing their overhead? 
Yeah. Um, Way too high. Uh, I'm I'm watching guys driving around with fancy cars. That, yeah, we know that already. Fancy trucks. They're spending a lot of money on tools. Uh, listen, on my my, tools. my wife's looking for an electric truck right now. Really? Yeah. She. So she, she wants a cyber truck. She right now we, we're not we're not lightning. gonna get the, we're not gonna get the lightning here. I wouldn't let her buy the lightning anyways. Why not? It, it's just too many bells and whistles. So I got a couple of successful friends. They're making like you know, they're doing well. They're doing decent. They're making for about four hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> They're working for it though, bro. Yeah, you know their families suffer, their relationships suffer for it. They're they're looking old, they're getting beat up, but they're making good money. And all those smart guys have told me, I will never buy a ninety thousand dollar truck anymore. I will never buy a seventy thousand dollar truck. I don't need those bells and whistles. It's my goddamn work truck. My friends are getting more realistic, and they're getting away from all the fancy pantsy shit. You're not using it. You're not making money with it. You don't need it. Is just another overhead, and in this economy and in, in, in the whole construction industry, you can't take chances anymore. We could take them before. It's no longer that I, time. I agree, dude. Be careful with your money. Save every penny because you're going to be fighting for jobs. Well, I, I know that we had Matthew scheduled this week to record from Millennials Choice there, and uh, I wanted to. I'm looking forward to rescheduling. Dude, that. I want to be part of that. I know. So no, we're bad, gonna do, man. We're going to do that. You'll be there. Because, I got a lot to talk about yeah, there. He, he's got a lot of insight regarding you know mortgages and financial advisement for for millennials and 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 figuring out what to do and what not to do. Right. Real estate. Used to be the thing, but it's not. It's getting scary, man. It's not. the The government's putting some heavy stipulations coming up, man. And if people don't stick together and pay attention to these things, they're going to be passed overnight while we're sleeping. And the biggest and best investment all of us ever had was real estate. It could turn on us. I don't know. I just feel like this is such a downer show. It's not. It's realistic. <laughs> it's about the real shit that's going on. Listen, you, you talked about it. It can't be all glory and, fu- no. and, and, and gold you know and sparkling why? diamonds. But, but you know why? This is about a real conversation because we're having right now. We've with two all guys. gone through this shit. We've had clients fucking curse our names, treat us like shit. Treat like we, We've had clients that have treated us like gold. I'm not. I'm not dismissing. But even if you haven't good. been in business for thirty years, yeah. it still happens to you. Even it in just the first happens. week of construction, it does happen, and that's that's what I just. So it's. Just, I've always wanted to, and you know this from day one when we started doing the show. Why did we start the show? It was about sharing the real fucking. We used construction to sit down life. and complain. Yes. All the shit that we all had to time. go through. Exactly. And we were all at different levels, right? But it's so ironic that it's resonating really well with the millennials. I'm pretty impressed. If you would have asked me two years ago, I definitely had a different outlook to them. There's things that I am, I. You've changed your opinion about them in two and a half years. I I don't think I've changed my opinions to their work ethics. To the guys that we've been interviewing have been really special. I I, I don't want to hold those guys accountable for no. how I feel about the guys that make me hate people at that age group. They're finding easier ways to live life and enjoy life. And I'm very envious of that. And I think that's where where I thought I was going to teach them something and give them uh, a head start to not go through my failures and get ahead and not run into those roadblocks and, and you know, leap over them. Enjoy. Are they enjoying, enjoying real life? Well, I'm just finding Or are they lo- enjoying social media life? So all my successful friends are not on social media. Yeah, no. I, I, we've all known that that's, I know social media is evil. The, the people and, that want to build a name up. You know, you got to start somewhere. Social media is a great way to start. I think for you and me, it's about education. It's not about, I don't care if I get customer from from any of this, you know. I'm just looking for a good 
customer that appreciates someone like me. If you're that customer, call me. If you're not, if you just want to waste time, I'm not the guy to call. You know what I mean? But when it comes to them, they've, they have a totally different world. Computers and technology, they're so savvy and they're so intelligent that way. They spent so much time on that that they've learned how to really work their time to make more money. And when they say I'm worth more, it's because they can make more on a computer overnight that's the truth. than they can work in a construction all day. I know. That's the truth. You and know, that's why I think that I, I think you're going to agree with me. Fewer people are getting into construction now. Yeah. Well, oh, so here's here's a story. I'm, I'm driving down in my van. and No, sorry, my pickup truck. Anyways, I'm driving down and I'm going up Spadina. I'm doing some commercial work. I see this homeless guy comes up to my window. Hey, bro, you got any money? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, hey, man, why don't you come work for me and I'll and I'll pay you? I'm not just gonna give you money, man. You're gonna have to earn it. You sitting out here, I don't feel sorry for you. You want an opportunity? You want to make some money? I have no problem giving you money, but you're gonna come and work. Anyways, I saw this guy two or three more times, and one day he says, "You know what? I'm coming to work with you." I said, "No shit, right on, man. That's what I want to hear." Picked the guy up. He worked a half a day, and he said, "Dude, I can make more money." sitting on the curb than working for you all day. Are you kidding See me? Ya. Are you kidding and me? And I never forgot that. He was a young guy. He was hustling on the street. He looked like he was a, you know, he obviously he was a crackerhead, but he was making more money than I was. And that was panhandling, dude. If you see how many people feel sorry for these guys, then the unfortunate part is that the people that really need it don't have the vocal or the, they have pride and they don't ask for the money. They're the ones suffering and they're the ones that need it. When I'm saying this, it sounds like I'm inconsiderate and no. I'm not, you know, no, I don't have a good heart. Not at all. What I'm trying to say is this new generation realizes that they can do less and make more with new technology. But at some point, everyone's going to have to realize that robots aren't going to be able to build everything. No, 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 no. This is AI still, is not going to be able to do that hands on business. There's still a good 15, 20 years I, left I know, here. But we, we know that there's a fact that in the next five to seven years, so many tradespeople are going to be getting out of this business. They're going to be retiring, either leaving the business or retiring. Most of them are retiring. And the problem is that the, the labor force coming in is smaller than the labor force going out. And what, I, and, I, and what I'm seeing is I don't think that guys are going to – I don't think guys realize it's going to be easier. It's going to be harder. Gas is at two dollars, dude. I was just two dollars. What are you talking about? Two dollars well, premium. One sixty-seven yeah, already. Yeah, premium. BC's at two sixty-nine. No, it's only coming our way, dude. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? man. It's that much. That, that? So, anyways, I was just converting my van to propane. I found a guy that was going to. Oh, convert but you're it. telling me that propane's gone up too. Well, it was sixty-one cents uh, a year ago. And how it's, much? It was ninety-one cents a week ago. Oh, it's and it's planning to go three hundred times more. You Over know, what so so what what the, what our government has done is given Europe all our por- uh, propane. Propane's made here. They've given all our propane away, and politicians are worried about everyone else in the world except for the Canadians, which is and we're all suffering. Dumbest thing ever. We're all but, suffering. That's just my opinion. But this is not a political show yeah. right now. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Carly. We got to wrap it up, man. So I just want to remind everybody. Listen. Oh, no, no, no. Hang on. We're not. Oh, no, no. I totally forgot. Oh, my God. It is time for Carlito's Green Book. Well, and and you know what? We don't have a guest today, so. You can ask me. I'm just going to ask you a question. (laughs) Uh, Do you know what an NCR is? An NCR? Yeah. It's an old cash register that, uh, like the old. It's it's more of a commercial (laughs) term. Obviously, we're not going that direction. So it's it's, uh, a non-conformant report. So basically, like, if you work work for a government or do a commercial job, an inspector comes along, and you don't 
do it properly or you're not wearing your safety equipment like you don't wear your glasses on you don't you can lose a commercial project from getting too many ncrs so how many so, NCRs before so you lose a city it? inspector will come by and he'll see that you're not wearing your glasses you don't have your harness on he can shut the job down he writes an ncr and that stops the project from going on and in in the for the potential of the future that corporation they may not hire you if you get too many ncrs so it's more of a commercial thing but a lot of guys are a doing of a lot of commercial work right commercial. now that's why and i just i just felt that a lot of guys that work for the city it's very well known that uh when you see all these hardworking city guys working on uh, ttc uh hydro uh water companies whatever they may be when they're doing that work and you just see a whole bunch of union guys working and you know the jokes always like oh there's 10 guys standing they never really do know One what's, doing what's the work. really what's going yeah, on yeah. and it looks like there's 10 guys standing but there's there's safety concerns happening at those points where everyone sees a whole bunch of guys laughing and standing around they don't realize that an ncr could be written up right now that a guy's in a hole four meters down and he doesn't have his harness on city inspector walks over kicks him out doesn't have his glasses on he's grinding doesn't have a, a face shield so on. who gets the ncr the company performing the work or the work well the doing person the gets the uh, ncr that's like the it's the first warning it, it might not be it may not be a fine but it's a warning saying I'm really fucking serious about kicking you off this job site or you losing this project. You could be 50000 in, uh, a quarter of a million dollars into a project. You get kicked off. You're not getting paid. I just wanted to share no, that's that. that's a great point, that it, uh, Be careful with city inspectors doing commercial jobs. They can give you an NCR. I just wanted a couple and of people to And we've always talked about on the show that, listen, inspectors are just, they're normal people. Don't give them attitude right off the bat. I mean, just come on. Just be polite about it. Be courteous. Be being human. That's it. Respecting each other. That's all it is, man. Yeah. So, and then respect you, the next trade. You, ne you never understand. Maybe that inspector might actually give you a break because you've shown them a little bit of respect. Or you built up a good name for yourself, and they know that you're not that hack. They will let you go. Yes. With an NCR. A warning. Well. And the NCR <laughs> is a slap on the hand, but the warning has been made. So, like, if you were, say you're an employee for a company, and this is a, a really good point, too, is if you have a company and you have someone working for you, no matter how much you like them, if they're late, you should do a write-up on them in your own business, even good if you're point. a small business. Good point. Uh, if they do something wrong, you should write it up because when you come to the point where you may no longer be friends anymore and you need to get rid of that person, people do not realize how you can get really screwed by your employees over. Yeah. And these are bad employees. I'm not saying the good employees. You know, they you can take advantage of the legal system. You really need to. When a problem happens, like someone's late ten times, you need to sit them down and say, "Here's your first warning." At three warnings, they don't have. And a you have to document all this stuff yeah, because like, then, then you have a paper trail from there. Then you can't get sued by the city and yeah. other lawyers and so on. It's just another thing for guys like ourselves that have our own businesses. You know, they're using but, a loophole. We need to stay on top of that loophole. But see, that's another angle on why you're you're getting people not come into this industry. The legal bullshit that's attached to construction is such bullshit. Yeah. Complete bullshit. And you always have to watch out your back because of that. So your employee could turn around and sue you. Your client could turn around and sue you. A, a supplier can turn around and sue you. All kinds of shit can happen. Yeah. And that's the construction industry. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's happy-go-lucky or whatever. I'm just saying that it is part of this business. That's right. That's just, you should be, as much information as you can get, speak to people that possibly have gone through this shit. You've had companies that go belly up as a result of this shit. They just can't take it anymore. You've had skilled tradespeople leave this industry because of this shit. And that's a shame. Well, here's the facts. Someone's not going to pay you fifty thousand dollars 
the two routes you have are legally two routes are take them to court cost you a hundred thousand or more or walk away and from, there's no guarantee or walk away or from walk 50 away. depends on the fight you have and how much money you have you ask any seasoned contractor out there and they have a number of how much money that they have not received as a result of situations i've, I've told you i've walked away from a lot of money, money in my life man that's the truth of it a lot of and it's not my fault it's just Bad relationships and bad places, man. You got to get out before you get sick. You know what I mean? That brings up the last thing I want to just... Uh, everybody's been asking me about MAP. Yes, MAP is happening. I'm working on it. I'm sure that Carlito is going to be a part of it as well. And I want everybody to understand that there's a reason why MAP got started and it's going to grow. And there's a reason why this industry needs MAP. And it's important to me. Just stay tuned. Be patient. Can you, can you explain MAP to me right now? So MAP is, is an acronym for Mentorship Alliance Program. It's really about everybody that believes they want to contribute to this industry. If you're a member, you are more than interested in helping somebody else out that doesn't know what you already know. Simple as that. Hmm. You know, you're going to be a part of a collective that is willing to contribute and help others to make their businesses grow as you can contribute to them and they can help their business grow. This is kind of like MAP now. That's what it is. <laughs> the, the construction life basically became MAP. And I just started realizing that because you know this. I always tell you this. I, we do the show. People reach out. I love it. I love it that people reach out and they ask oh, me questions. I, I love the reach out. And listen, man. all the time, I don't know I like everything. the reach arounds too. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that one coming. Never saw that one coming. Hey, guys? Everybody. I never saw that one coming. <laughs> I wrote it on the wall. Sorry, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I don't, and Carlito, you right. don't, we don't know everything. But no. the thing is that. No, I'm learning every day. What I love is that we're going to hit 200 shows. It's amazing that we're going to hit 200 shows and that we've met so many people and spoken to so many people and had conversations about this industry and I've learned. And what I also love that a lot of people don't know is that when the show stops, the conversation continues. It's just how it is. The guests love continuing the conversation. When we started this, our whole reasoning to have be on the mic was the conversations we were having at dinner yeah. Yeah. in our garages yeah. together hanging out. These are the conversations we were already having. It yeah. just, nobody wants to talk about it. Nope. No one wants to be honest. No one wants to share anything. They want to keep it to themselves. What they don't understand is the more you share, the bigger your community gets. Yes. The more opportunity. Yes. And people will keep you in mind. Hey, man, that guy helped me out. Hey, I got some work. Can he, you, you taught me this. Uh, I can't do it, but can you do it? Yes. It's an opportunity. You yeah. teach somebody something. You're gaining a trade and you're gaining work and a relationship. And somebody that you can bounce ideas off yeah. of. Yeah. So that's amazing. I, I, that's the part of the industry that I love. Yeah, I still too. love that. But I, I want everybody to understand, listen, okay, Manny hasn't been posting as often as he wants to post. That's because I've been working on other fucking shit. Just realize that I enjoy having some other stuff going on in my life. And it's just, I, I as much as people reach out and they go, I don't know how the fuck you do it when you were recording three. Sometimes I was recording four, five shows a week just to get this fucking thing back up and running properly, right? And then I was editing all those shows and getting all that shit out there and then getting the content out there and then having people engage with it. Bro, I remember at the beginning when you would say to me, it took me this long to do yeah. it. And like we would be fighting back and forth because I would be saying, uh, 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 too much or basically, basically. And like, it well, bothered, it thank bothered. you for those five right there right yeah. now. <laughs> but, but, or, or the hesitation, uh, you know, we've learned a lot. 
We've, uh, we, we've grown the show. you have given a lot, and people have no idea how hard you've worked to give away that information. It's more, it's more than money. No, no, if you if you actually, I've done it for love. Pay man. attention to all the people that come on, and you learn something from them. I've learned from every single guest that come on the show. Yeah, I know. It's I love crazy. having the conversations, and it's amazing. But also, I love having the conversations with you, Carlito. Like the the thing is that you and I don't always see eye to eye. No, we HDTV. Don't. We don't always see and eye to eye. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me. <laughs> um, and and the thing is that. What's the point of having a conversation if everybody's agreeing with it? And and you know what I like about you and me? We're the yin yang. Yeah. So you're getting the you know you're getting the guy that's on TV that loves television, loves the education from t- TV. Uh, if you can see Manny's face right now, and then there's guys like you that just think it's Vaseline and, uh, and bullshit. Uh, and it's two different views. But the the beauty about that is that we get to talk about our opinions, and there are opinions. But even more, we get to, uh, to reach out to more people. You know, have a, a better community and learn all of us. I want to end the show soon, but I got a question for you about TV. Oh fuck! No, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm curious about your answer because I think that we've discussed this, but I don't think you've actually given me an answer. Well, you're gonna have a hard time with this because the way you feel about other people on TV and the way you feel about me and TV are two different ways. Yes, two different totally, terms. Totally. So, like, you know, I'm like this hardworking guy totally. in, in your world. Totally. And you think that other people when don't I work saw hard you enough. on the TV show, I was like, "There's the only guy actually doing work." I'm sorry to say, but there's the only and guy actually. Doing I always work. tell you that's not true. Well, I, I know, yeah. I know. But the thing is, so here's my question: Is that TV in general, when it comes to these sh- renovation shows? Why have we not seen any new faces? There is so much talent on social okay, media. Can I? Can I? Say, I, I. You're right. I know where you're going with this right now. Yeah. And interrupt. I'm sorry. I interrupt you. So I've met the most talented guys on TV. They don't have a voice. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to talk. They don't know what to say. But if you were to sit there and watch them, you'd be like, holy fuck, that guy's wicked. So what happens is I always said that there's two animals in television. You can't take construction and you can't take TV and mix them. It's very hard. So you have to find mediators to be able to express or share those stories. And I keep telling people you can learn something from there, but it's entertainment. Don't take it to heart, everything, because it's just an opinion. You and say it's mediators, I say reno actors, but yeah. you're right. You no, basically I have problems with some you, some guys too. You, you have and people I agree that are better performers and they understand how to perform in front of a camera, but I'm still dumbfounded on why there's such a pool of talented people on Instagram in the construction industry that I personally feel I look at them and I go, you know what? They'd be great to be on a show. And my question to you is is still, why have we not seen any new faces? That's what I have a problem well, with. Why do we keep seeing the same bullshit, stupid, push-up, bullshit monkeys doing the same bullshit show every single time? Why not new blood? Why not new blood? Well, I think there's a couple things involved. I, uh, I really believe that the networks, and I say networks, all of them, it's not how it was when, we, when I came into it. You know, they didn't know anything about construction. It's changed. They now control everything. They're selling what they see in numbers on their marketing. They don't see behind the scenes of real contractors and how they go. So they're just reaching out to they're just reaching out to the people that maybe not know enough and they just like watching TV. They're at home all day or 
that's why I, I really believe in that end. I, I also... <sighs> I got a brain fart. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. I know. It was the way. <laughs> I think I'm just waiting for you to say something. Well, the one thing I forgot to tell Michael when we were talking about that and I brought up the Vaseline comment is, uh, and I tell everybody that it has reached out to me because it's there's no lie that while I've been in construction, I've been approached over 50 times to be on shows. And the problem is that the first thing they're going to do, and I'm just telling you to everybody that's been approached, just be careful of the shopping agreement that's sent to you. And a shopping agreement is basically the do's and don'ts of what you're going to do, monkey, when they tell you to dance. That's what the shopping agreement is. And just have somebody that is familiar with those agreements review it for you. Do not review it yourself because it's going to tell you what you can or cannot do and what you will get or not get. And I think that's the primary motive on why we have not seen any new faces because exactly, you said it earlier, where TV has changed... It has changed, and now they want to control everything, and you're dealing with contractors. And how many contractors do you know that like being controlled? Listen, I, I, think, I think that there's another whole other thing. Like I have, I have amazing contractor friends that would be great for television. Why aren't they on TV? They don't watch TV. They don't have time for TV. But it doesn't matter. They can make they lots of money. They're they making can make lots, lots of they're money. Making, they're making lots of money. They don't care. Just give up. Give um, up and just go in and show and just dance monkey and make lots of money. I think that realistically also as as people in general, we're, we're drawn to a certain kind of person. So if you aren't that kind of person, you're not going to be interesting. I disagree with you, dude, because there's so many people on social media and people that I've met in construction that I find fascinating. I find fascinating to listen to them, to see them work, to speak to them. I find them fascinating. And, I, I'm, and I'm no expert because I don't have a resume or a CV that's attached to TV. But I look at them and I'm like, this person would be great. I think the problem is production and the network start with this shopping agreement. And they basically force you to become something that you're not. The truth is that the majority of people that have been on TV, that are currently on TV, that get on TV now and go through a pilot and all this other shit, they don't know fuck all about construction. Well, the one thing that I've seen on other shows... Uh, I don't want to talk about my show. I want to talk about other people's shows that have been around. The one thing I always hate is that they always give the expectations of uh, glory and a pat on the back oh, and totally. airtime and a, a name. And they always take the credit for that person's work. Yes, they can. You know, they should... I just really think that the trades that are on these shows should get credit for the work. Yeah, but that's we're agreement. And, and, and the guy and the guys that are like hosting it, girls or guys that are hosting it, should give credit to those people. But like, they don't. They I, never do. I think a lot of people see that and I'm not saying everybody's that way. Every host mm. on rental shows. I, I know a couple people that have worked very hard and they deserve it, but I know a lot of guys now and girls, I don't even know why the fuck they're on TV. <laughs> Like, I'm like, what the fuck? That guy was an so, actor in California. So, I, I, so, so, and they are who, Carlito? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? That's interesting. Uh, again, my mom said, don't get into politics or religion. And uh, don't get into television. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap it up, man. We got to totally wrap it up. This has been an interesting show. Everybody, please pay attention. Uh, the announcement's going to be this weekend for the 200th event. Carlito and I are going to have a blast. We're going to be up for 24 hours recording 14 shows. Let's get some more people, please. 14 Guests, reach out to us. Come on the show. We want to have a huge 
gambit of different conversations. Let's have some fun. We're going to have some fun. We're going to give some shout outs laughs. to so many people. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to have lots yeah, of laughs, man. Do, it's going to be fun. It's going to be lots of fun. And as much as we've been hating on social media, we're going to use social media on that event. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's different purposes for it, right? <laughs> so we want to thank everybody again. Please, thank you so much for listening. And uh, and send us more questions. Send us the, the just the notes. I know that I got some. I, I got one. And I'm trying to remember his name. I totally forgot a brain fart right now. He sent me a. A lot of farts lately. Uh, yeah, he sent me a DM. And he was just, I think the DM, the first one was, I just want to vent, Manny. And then I never saw the rest of it. It never came in. So I guess maybe he he stopped venting or something. But I was so curious about, what did you want to vent about? I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. So just share out. If you got something to vent, send it to me. And I know that a lot of guys have asked me, when are the Manny Mondays coming back? I was like, dude, I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying the weekends kind of I have a little bit of time to myself before I can actually make the video. So maybe they'll show up and I'll bring them back. You're doing a lot of There's a lot of shit going on, dude. There's a lot of I can't keep up with you, man. I'd love to be part of every single one, but you're mental, dude. It's insane. When you tell me you want to do three, four a week, I'm just like, this guy's fucked. Fucked. (laughs) So thank you. 200th event, November 20th and 21. Watch for it. We're going to be at VentureX. We're going to be in Oakville. We're going to be recording 14 shows in 24 hours. Carlito and I. And let's see who's going to pass out and fall asleep and not be not able to make me, it but someone's gonna be missing <laughs> socks in the morning and shirisku <laughs> carlito let's get out of here man <laughs> straight at to baby but we're actually in oakville <laughs> <laughs>